This is the I'm Stuff podcast, a podcast about eating disorders, disordered eating, body image, and mental health. I'm your host, Queenie June Borgman, and in today's episode, episode 18 of season 3, I'm talking with you about 10 eating disorder habits that are common and not so common. So guys, in this episode, I am discussing with you 10 not so popular traits of eating disorder habits that we maybe have but not really consciously know of and before I start out this episode I would like to make a little disclaimer these are 10 habits that I know of that I experience and I see with clients but there are many more and please don't think that if you do not have one of these that you do not have an eating disorder so it's something that I wanted to put out there Before we start out this episode, I would like to thank you all for listening. If you would like to follow or comment on the podcast or on this episode, please do so wherever you're listening to this. And if you would like to have more information on I'm Stuffed and how I can help you, go to at I'm Stuffed underscore com for more information on Instagram or go to the site imstuffed.nl so we can start working together. That was that, and let's start this episode with my tacky introduction that I always do, and that is where I have been, or where I'm recording this. Well, I'm recording this at work, and I have two laptops in front of me, I have my agenda in front of me, I am busy, 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 mainly because I went a weekend away to Belgium, tour guiding a friend of mine, because I have stayed there for a little while, and she had never have been there. Uh, so that was a fun thing to do and in two days in 36 hours we have experienced such a crazy fun time it was so worth it and the funny thing is is when that stuff happened I'm always like wow if I would have my eating disorder this wasn't possible or I wouldn't be doing this so having these spontaneous actions because she came over to me last Tuesday and we were discussing and in like 10 minutes we booked a random hotel and we're like okay we're gonna go these things only happen when you're open for it and when you're open for everything that comes with these situations food laughter maybe sometimes also a little bit panicky uh you know for getting the situation or area or maybe you come in a dangerous situation or fun situation but generally speaking if you're open for that and have an open mindset a growth mindset all of the fun stuff can happen and often it happens when you're done with your eating disorder. So that is that and let's start this episode. So 10 not so typical things that we maybe not think of when we have an eating disorder but do become habits from us throughout time because of having an eating disorder. And the thing is a lot of these habits are find able in every type of eating disorder uh, maybe not arfit but uh, for bulimia binge eating and anorexia it does have its ways in all of these eating disorder types so let's start with number one one of the most found habits in eating disorder land is calorie counting and calorie counting can be done in numerous ways some people you know keep account of it with a diary and they write it manually some of them take their notepad on their phone and keep it up or they download my fitness ball or they just use the calculator on their phone to keep account of how much they ate and this is i think one of the 
most frequent habits I see and had myself when having an eating disorder. Secondly, number two, it is manipulating your body composition uh, and compensating maybe with training and doing exercises. And either you go to the gym, either you take a very long walk, either you're doing stuff on your room. It always is a way to manipulate your body composition and actually undo what God had has gave you basically. Um, and that is your body. So I find it a very painful trait as, or habit to have as a former person with an eating disorder because it was so there in my life uh, i wanted to undo i wanted to fix i wanted to change and i wanted to do that with exercise and nowadays i really don't want to do that but back in the day it really was something that was the core of at least my eating disorder i do see it with a lot of people that i have in front of me but not with all of them some of them they choose to restrict and don't move because they simply do not have the energy for it Number three, number three is choosing sweeteners. Choosing sweeteners is something that is so much a part of diet culture. And a lot of people with binge eating, um, they have the same as well. Um, sweeteners in the tea, sweeteners in the coffee, sweeteners in the yogurt. Um, just a lot of sweet sweetness, what you actually, you develop a sweet tooth because of it, because we're so used to getting, you know, sweet taste for free because we don't pay any calories for it that it becomes such a gnarly habit that stays in for quite some time and often it really fucks up your hunger signals so sweeteners excessive amount of use of sweeteners really an eating disorder habit number four excessively standing on the scale or letting your mood be influenced by the scale at least what you're doing is something with the scale and you're doing it frequently and it has a way of it that it really influences you negatively your mood the way you think about yourself and it is a gnarly habit as well that a lot of us with the eating disorder have when i look at myself today uh, i just stood on the scale two hours ago but i haven't weighed myself for like three or four weeks and i really was surprised you know that um, sometimes you have these flashback moments from i'm so happy that i'm doing good now because i knew six seven years ago i would be standing on the scale daily checking on you know what was happening with the fluctuations in my body and I would be influenced by that in a negative or positive way and my mood would change. And nowadays when I stand on it, I look at it very analytical, but also without emotion. And that is such a big change because I can look at it and think, okay, that's that, but I feel good. So let's keep it with that or let's, you know, keep it this way and not let it influence my day. So that is most definitely number four for a lot of us. Five, five is body checking and body checking in a way that we check our own bodies and we check other people's bodies. So we're comparing, but we're also checking our own uh, ways. How maybe checking your puffy round face, maybe checking your ties, maybe pinching yourself, um, maybe eating a certain way after the body checking because you think you look too bloated. Just stuff like that that let us show that we're way too much busy with our bodies. And you know, the funny thing is, often people aren't that busy with our bodies. <laughs> They're not, we think that they are. 
and we're just making it bigger and bigger. Number six. Number six is eating irregular. Eating irregular in a way that you can induce binges, you can induce even the purging because eating irregular makes for you eating more not natural. It be, doesn't isn't becoming a habit that is normal for you and therefore eating irregular makes eating something strange and that can induce binge eating because you have too much time between meals. It can induce purging because it can feel filthy when you do have something in your stomach or it can be for anorexia uh, when you eat so irregular that you lose your appetite and stop eating and maybe suppress it once in a while with something small. And this one really gets to me because eating is not an option. Eating should be done and it is a part of life. And somehow we want to take even control of something that is not, well, is so natural and should not be influenced by human beings um, that way. Number six, and I'm hoping that I haven't said somewhere tip, but I mean number six. So if I somewhere said tip in the countdown, please don't like, don't take that seriously. I need to, I think, have that comforting of mostly giving tips to assessing now certain behavior. But number six is hyperactivity. And hyperactivity is something that I've had during my eating disorder. A lot of people have that. And how does that look? Um, Fidgeting, a lot of movement, trying to burn calories. Uh, It's like an extra next to the trainings you do or next to, you know, all the walking and everything that you do. And my tip to you is one of the things that helps with eating disorders is structure. And the moment you have that hyperactivity and basically are still moving because you didn't find the training enough, you're pulling that training through throughout the day, making stuff more blurry and not structured. And it's a thing that I would say really attack that habit of yours if you're hyperactive and are moving for the sake of burning calories because it brings so much anxiety with you. It is not normal. Um, It was something that I found very hard to get rid of. And that's why, pure from only my self-experience, if you have this, this is a very hard habit to put down. So start early with it to put it down. Number seven is eating foods that would, at least you think, will influence your weight. So I have known people that would eat diet products from certain brands, uh, for example, Atkins or low carb products or uh, products like green tea because they were presuming that you could lose weight from it. And let me tell you now one thing, there isn't one product in the world that can automatically, uh, automatically, magically make you gain weight or lose weight. It's really um, the cooperation, co-working situation with working together with different uh, products to let that happen. So number seven, uh, doing, you know, products that would make you lose weight. I think that's one of the most faulty thoughts in the eating disorder world because it doesn't work that way. Number eight, eating alone. Um, one of the things that I had as well, um, somehow 
being sneaky, but also maybe feeling shameful at the same time uh, when eating, and especially maybe when eating normal amounts, um, we tend to not want to eat with other people. And it's something that I didn't understand, even today completely. Okay, it could be a part of shame, but uh, back in the day with the binge eating, of course, even more. But it was just some primal something that I wanted to be alone with my food and my moment with food. I I really think that there's two things that go through this. It's the primal part, but also somewhat the shameful part because you're eating again while maybe people were presuming you weren't or weren't at least doing stable. But again, a very shitty way of treating yourself and going about with food. Number nine, watching people eat, but you're not eating it. I think I've addressed this somewhere before in an other podcast episode, but you could be standing in the kitchen making fancy cakes, great dishes that you maybe want to eat, but you give them to other people. You say, you know, just taste that. They ask to you, would you like a bite? You maybe say, no, already tasted it when I was making it, or just take a tiny piece and you watch them eat the full plate. And you do nothing and go back to your dry, safe foods. It's a very painful thing, I think, because you're punishing yourself in a way that is very indirect for a lot of people. But it was painful enough. Um, that, yeah, it's just very painful. But let me put it that way. And I hope it's something you do not need to experience for a long time. And just like the hyperactivity fidgeting, it's a very gnarly habit to lose. So start with it early to get rid of it. And last but not least, number 10 is refusing other people's foods, maybe from your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, caretaker, and being how would you say that i would say wary but also mistrusting on what they did with the food did they put a lot of oil in did they made it more calorie dense did they uh, put stuff in it that you're afraid of are they challenging you that is one of the things that you will face in recovery as well it's that mistrust that you are carrying with yourself to yourself that you also at some point react to others because you want to be in control and you don't trust them anymore and you know maybe they have done some things before to let you eat a little bit more or make you become more healthier and now that feels for you especially when you have an eating disorder as an attack and tr- they are trying to disbalance you but they doing that with the right intent and with the right intentions so Number 10 is something that I see a lot that I've had as well. I became very aggressive from it, from it as well. Um, and it is something that, again, what I stated before, eating regularly, eating normal stuff that isn't controlled by you to the T, um, is very important because then food becomes normal. And if food becomes nor- not normal because you're eating irregularly and that's why you're actually bringing up certain bad habits one of these habits can be number 10 and can be that distrust and mistrust in everything and everyone uh, when they present you food so these were the top 10 of basically habits that i wanted to discuss with you when having an eating disorder again these aren't the magical top 10 and then you have an eating disorder Um, there's so many more habits but these were the ones that i could name from the top of my head that i see a lot out there if you do recognize these habits and you know they're 
influencing your quality of life in a negative way, I highly attend you to seek some help for these problematic habits because they can be very shitty for the long term, long run to have in your social life, uh, personal life, uh, everything that comes with it that involves you and other human beings or you sitting alone with yourself. So that is that. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the I'm Stuff podcast. If you would like to know more, you can go to imstuff.nl or to the Instagram imstuff underscore com and start working on your relationship with food today.